All right, we are in week three of our series called Rebuilding. Rebuilding. Now, this is essentially a look at the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 2, right where we left off last week. If you are new to the church, um, I am glad you're here. And really quick, one other thing I wanted to mention, it was great worshiping with you this morning. It was great just having this time together where we come in, sing songs of praise to God, offer our voices in thanksgiving to Him. I recognize that a group of people getting together and singing some songs and maybe closing your eyes and raising a hand, for some of you that is like really a weird thing. And really by definition it is kind of weird. We don't have a lot of environments where we just get together and sing. It's unfortunate. I think it's great when we all get together and sing songs. But I want to encourage you. Today it just felt like as a church we are moving forward in this area. I love that we are participating in worship. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Lift your voice. If you want to, lift a hand. It's just a simple way of offering thanks and praise to God. But I wanted to mention this because as a church I felt like, hey, we're, we're thank you, we're taking steps to worship. Well, not only am I holding a microphone and I can't open a bottle of water that way, I sliced my finger on a can of soup, which is like the worst. You, when you have to say to someone, yeah, I went and got stitches in my finger, four stitches from a can of soup, you'd like to be able to say, yeah, I got in a knife fight or something like that or something manly. I was fixing my car, doing something like that, fixing my, fixing my Hemi, my Dodge pickup truck. There wasn't any, it was a can of soup, you know, the instant soup, you pop the lid off. I was a little too aggressive with it, so... It uh, sliced my finger up. So anyways, now I got everything under control. We can start the sermon. All right. Nehemiah chapter 2. That's where we're going to be today. If you are new, um, we've done two parts of this series. And the main idea is this. Week one, we talked about the main idea. The story of Nehemiah is when God calls Nehemiah after the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel has been wiped out. They have been exiled. The city has been destroyed. The temple destroyed. The walls torn down. All the Israelites been scattered around the empire, the Assyrian empire at the time. Basically as, you know, slave second-class citizens around the, the empire at the time. God calls Nehemiah and he says, I want you to go rebuild this city. And the main point is this. Not only did God do this back then in the Old Testament, he is still doing that work of rebuilding today. He wants to rebuild that which is broken. So week one, we talked that each of us, we need to be open to God doing this in our lives. And, and your homework assignment was very simple. Just ask God, what do you want to rebuild in me? What is broken down in me? What do you want to do in my life? Week two, we looked at the prayer that Nehemiah prayed, the prayer life of Nehemiah. The basic idea was this. Any work that God wants to do in you, any work that God wants to do through you, is going to be anchored in a regular life of prayer. A regular life of prayer. We like the reaction prayers when something happens during our day, and those are fine too. But any, go, any work that God wants to do in you, this life that God wants to build in you is going to start when we take regular time every day and just ask God, speak to me. What do you want me to do? Take time to pray through the scriptures. In, in, uh, that relationship with God just needs to be strengthened through prayer. So this week we're going to continue on where we left off in Nehemiah chapter 2. And the story where we left off last week was Nehemiah had been praying and had been burdened by God to go rebuild the city walls, to go rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And now he's got to go talk to the king. Now the Persian Empire has taken over. So he has to go talk to the king 
of Persia and ask him to let him go rebuild the city that had once been conquered. So this is a big task. This is something that Nehemiah is realizing, I need God to help me because typically the king would not be okay with this. So he goes and the king grants his request. The king sends him. He says, you can go. And not only does the king send him to go rebuild Jerusalem, he says, I'm going to provide everything you need. I'm basically going to fund this operation for you. So he provides all the lumber needed to rebuild the wall. And in addition to that, he sends troops to protect Nehemiah. So this is a huge turn of events for Nehemiah, and that's where we left off. And Nehemiah recognizes this because one verse that we read, one key verse that we read last week was 2 verse 8. And Nehemiah is saying, because of the gracious hand of my God, the king granted my requests. Nehemiah recognized God is in this. There is no earthly reason why the king should have granted all these requests. But because God was in it, here we are. We're about to go rebuild. We're about to go rebuild. So I want us, as we continue to look at this, and I've mentioned this in the last couple of weeks, this is not just a history lesson of what God did once in the Old Testament. This is more of a lesson of who God is and the work that he wants to do today in us. So we're going to look at this story. We're going to look at the work that Nehemiah does and draw some parallels to our own life. So we're going to pick it up in Nehemiah 2. If you have a Bible, turn to Nehemiah 2. We're going to start at verse 11 today. If you need a Bible, there are some black hardcover Bibles that will be the same translation that I'm reading out of today, Nehemiah chapter 2. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible, it's about a quarter of the way through your your Bible, you'll find Nehemiah in there, or you can look it up in the table of contents. Um, But we're going to start in verse 11, and in addition, these words will be on the screen as I read. Nehemiah 2.11 says this, I went to Jerusalem. This is Nehemiah going there, leaving the king, going to Jerusalem. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me, donkeys that they were riding. There were no mounts with me except the one that I was riding on. So essentially, he's letting us know this was a small operation right now. There's a few people. We weren't a huge cavalry. This was just a few guys and one donkey. So, you know, it's not a, not a huge, big-budget operation at this point. Verse 13, by night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, which <laughs> the dung gate, D-U-N-G which I'm not, a, I'm not an Old Testament scholar or an expert in Jerusalem, but that's probably not like the high society neighborhood, the Dung Gate. You know, in, in Farmington, we name neighborhoods like fancy names, like Middle Creek and Mystic Meadows, places that you want to live. Nobody's saying, hey, we're going to start a new neighborhood and we're going to call it the Dung Gate. Um, but truth be told, we do live in Farmington, this time of year, if the wind blows just right, coming off the farm fields, which we live right next to it, you know, you get a, get a, a sense of what that would be like. Well, the, uh, the dung gate examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Verse 14, then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through, so I went up to the, up the valley by night examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing because I had yet said, because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. We're going to pause there just for a second. This is essentially Nehemiah. He's 
asked the king. The king has sent him out. He's gone back to Jerusalem, and now he is basically surveying the situation. He is wandering around, realizing what situation they were in. He had yet to have seen the damage at Jerusalem, and so all those times when he was praying to God back in the courts of the king of Persia when he was asking the king, he knew that God had put this on his heart, but he had no idea what actual state this was in. If you've ever, we've never done this, but I, I would imagine it would be like flipping a house and you buy a house at an auction and you have no idea what it's like and then you open the door for the first time and realize, oh, this is in bad shape. What have we done? There was probably a few moments like that where Nehemiah and these few guys that he was with were looking around saying, wow, this is indeed a dire situation. This is indeed a big job that God has asked us to do. He is surveying the situation. It would have been easy for him to look at this and say, this is hopeless. There is no way we can handle this. There's no way we can do this. As I mentioned, he didn't have a big crew with him right now. Certainly there would have been doubts. Certainly probably with the the guys that he was with, they would have been looking at Nehemiah saying, are you sure you heard from God? Maybe you've been in that situation where God has spoken something to you, and in your heart you're like, yes, God, we're going to do it, but then you start sharing it with others, and others look at that task, others look at you and they say, are you sure you heard God right? I imagine that there were some moments here with Nehemiah. There was nobody cheering him on. He said, I hadn't told anybody what we were doing, just these few guys. No, there weren't crowds of people saying, yay, finally, someone's here who's going to do it. There weren't people cheering him on, affirming him. He was just quietly walking around observing. And I love, I kind of love that Nehemiah wasn't broadcasting right away. He wasn't saying, hey, here I am, everybody, look at what I'm going to do. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't going around kind of talking about what he was going to do. He wasn't self-promoting what he was about to do. He was simply just walking around about to do what God asked him to do. I think there's something great, and this is just kind of a side note, in our world today where there's tons of people talking about what they want to do, talking about all the things they do, I think there's something great about somebody who just quietly goes and does their job. Maybe you're the boss of a company, and you have a favorite worker, and I'm guessing that if there's a worker that just, he's not out complaining and making excuses, he or she just goes and gets the work done. In my house, if one of my kids just doesn't make a lot of excuses or complain about a lot of stuff, they just go and do what we've asked them to do, they're like my favorite kid. And I'll let them know it too. You're my favorite because of that. There's something great about people who just go and do their job. But this is Nehemiah, these verses we just read. He is simply surveying the situation, seeing what needed to be done. We're going to continue on. Verse 17 says this. Then I said to them, so now Nehemiah is about to go public here. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, Let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? And I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you will have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. So we're going to stop there. This is Nehemiah going 
public with the news. What, is God, what God has called him to do. God has put something in his heart. God has put something in his heart. Today, in today's terms, it would be, God, I know what you want to do in me. I know the work you want to do in me. There's this thing that's broken in me. I, want, I know, the God, what you're calling me to do. Or it could be today God is saying, there's something I want you to do in our community. There's something I want you to do, a need I want you to meet. There's something wrong in our community, and I want you to fix it. This could be what God is asking you to do. But when you go public for the first time, when you start letting people know for the first time, this is what we're, go- we're going to do, that can be nervous, right? That can be nerve-wracking. I remember when Christy and I, and I've mentioned our journey of planting this church, um, the first day we kind of let the word out that we were, gonna, we were thinking about planting this church in Farmington. Up until then, we had let family members know and a few key friends, and we had talked to some other pastors, and there was a, a small group like Nehemiah. There was a small group that kind of knew what was going on. But the first day, and in today's day and age, when you go public with something, it's, you put it on Facebook. We were Facebook official. And I remember the time where we, po- we wrote the post, and we were about to put it out on Facebook that we were going to plant a church in the, in the spring of 2015, and we hit, you know, post, and there it was, public. I remember those first few moments. We were just like, oh, man, now we've done it. You know, there's no going back now. We could have, before that, we could have said, yeah, forget about that. And then those, it's funny because... I kind of make fun of people like this who are always looking for how many likes you get on a Facebook post. Well, those moments before anyone commented or posted, we were just like, oh, no, nobody likes this, <laughs> which means nobody wants to go to this church, which means we've made a terrible mistake. And then there was one lady who was the first to like it or comment. I can't remember what it was. She goes to this church still. She's not here today, I don't think. So I can talk about her behind her back. But she was the first one, and we instantly texted her right away, like, thank you for doing that. You have no idea what that means to us, that we went public, and there was actually just, we know there will be at least one person that comes to our church. Thanks for doing that. Um, It can be a nerve-wracking thing when you go public. But Nehemiah does this. He lets the people know, here's what we're going to do. And I want to point out a couple things how Nehemiah does this. First of all, he just lets the people know what the problem is. He says it right away. I said to them, you see the trouble we're in in verse 17. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. He is simply saying, here's what's broken. Here's the problem. He casts the vision. Here's what needs to be done. And then a key thing happens in verse 17 then. He invites people into the process with him. Come, let us rebuild the wall, and we will no longer be in disgrace. Nehemiah, this is so key for anything that God wants to do, is to just invite people into the process. My favorite thing about this church is inviting all of you into the process for what God wants to do in this church and in this community. My favorite thing is even something small and tangible as we had a few uh, young ladies leading worship at youth on Thursday night in here for the youth group. I love seeing people step in and just saying, I'm going to be a part of this. I don't want to just sit in the pew, but I want to be a part of this. I love that we have a group of people that together we are doing what God has called us to do. Inviting people in, that is so key. If there's a work that you feel God has called you to do, invite people in. Even if it's just, hey, pray for me as I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. Invite people into the process with you. Have you ever been somewhere where someone was doing something and they invited you in to be a part of it? I love that feeling. I love like, yeah, we get to be a part of something together. Invite people into the process. And then one other thing that Nehemiah did, which is so important, 
in verse 18, he encouraged the people with his testimony, with his story. He said this in verse 18, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. What a key moment for Nehemiah as he is casting vision, as he is rallying the people to do this work. He says to them, okay, you might think this is a difficult task. You might think this is impossible, but let me tell you what God has already done. And he tells them the story of when he went to the king of Persia. And for no earthly reason, the king of Persia says, yes, go for it. And I'm going to fund it. And I'm going to protect you while you do it. So Nehemiah takes that as a sign, an obvious sign that God is with them. God is with him. And so he encourages now the people who are just coming into the process with, let me tell you what God is already up to. Let me tell you what God is already doing. God is with us. So let's do the work. Let's start rebuilding. And I love the verse that just says, so they started. They began the work. They started the work. They didn't waste a lot of time coming up with plans or coming up with all the excuses why it couldn't work. I mean, I'm sure they had plans, you know, to actually build something, which is a good idea. But they didn't spend a lot of time doubting, questioning, They didn't spend a lot of time just talking about it. It simply says they started the work. So today's main point of this message, we've talked about how God calls us to do stuff. We've talked about how we need to pray. And but then there comes a time, and this is what today's point is, that we just need to begin. We just need to start. We need to start. We know that God wants to do a work in us. He wants to rebuild something in us. We know that God wants to do a work in our community. And there comes a time when we have to just start. We just start. We begin. We start the rebuilding process. And this is often the hardest part. For someone with my personality, it can be the hardest part at times. I tend to like to think about things and think about what the end result is going to be and how it's going to happen and think about all the things, you know, here and there. And maybe you're like me and you can spend months, years waiting to do a project and you never really actually get started you never actually begin. We have a, we've, we've wanted to put a fireplace, a gas fireplace in our house since we first moved in. And we moved in 12 years ago. So we talk about this fireplace a lot. But what we've never done is actually start the project. We've done other stuff, but we've never put the fireplace in. Maybe this year, Nehemiah will encourage me, hallelujah, to put the fireplace in, in our living room. And I get an amen from my wife. I've done other stuff. I'm not totally useless. We finished our basement. We did other things. So... But maybe you're like me where we can procrastinate on things. We can find every reason to not begin. But it comes down to the point, whatever it is, whatever your thing in your life is that God wants to rebuild, where you just have to start. You just have to begin. Whatever it is, if it's a personal goal, a personal health goal, maybe it's financial, getting out of debt, getting in shape, getting rid of a bad habit in your life. Maybe you've had a dream to start something, start a business. Maybe you've had a dream to write a book or start a blog or do something. Maybe God has put something in you where you say, I know this is what God wants me to do. There comes a point where you just have to start. You don't have to start and have the finished result right away. These guys did not start and have the wall built that day, but they began the work. They began the work. So don't talk yourself out of what God is wanting you to do. Don't talk yourself out by saying, oh, it's too big. The job's too big. There's no way we can do it. It's going to be too hard. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be times where it gets really difficult. I know it. And that's the truth. And next week in the, in the message, we're going to talk about what do we do when we get to the point where there is opposition. This journey of the Israelites to rebuild this wall does not go smoothly. 
There's not people lined up saying, hey, good for you all the time. There is opposition that is going to come. And we're going to talk about that next week. If you are facing something where you know you're supposed to be working on something, but you're just facing opposition and you're getting discouraged, I want you to come next week and hear the message or invite someone that you know could use that message next week. There will be opposition. There's going to be times where we don't have the support we feel we need. All of which Nehemiah could have said. All of which Nehemiah could have said. But instead, he rallied the people and he said, let's get to work. Let's start. Let's start. He didn't wait which, man, we have way too many people just waiting and analyzing, second-guessing, procrastinating. And if you fall into that trap, whether it's a practical get-out-of-debt situation, whether it's a personal goal of something, a project that God has asked you to do, if you just do that, if you keep second-guessing, if you keep analyzing, if you keep thinking about it, eventually you can be years down the road and you still haven't done anything about it. It can be years down the road, and you still don't have a gas fireplace in your living room, if you know what I'm saying, right? It can be years later where you're still saying, ah, oh, God has put this on my heart, and I've yet to even start. Just start. Take a step. Start the process. We have an ongoing battle in our house with homework after school and uh, with one of our kids, and this kid isn't in here, so I can talk to about her behind my back, behind her back. That's twice now. I've told people I talk about them behind their back. Um, Betty is in the sixth grade, and she has homework most days. Now, what Betty does is she will sit there, and she'll look at the whole amount of homework that she has to do, and she'll just get discouraged. And so I'll say, well, just start the homework, and, and we'll see how you do, and then I'll come back 20 minutes later. I'm like, how's it going? She's like, terrible. I'm like, well, how far have you gotten? Nowhere. I'm like, well, why not? Because look at all I have to do. I have to do four math pages, and I'm still doing this first. I'm still stuck on this first one, and i got to do four pages. And so in, in my situation, and maybe you're like this, what would you say to Betty? Say, well, start. Just do the first one. I'll say to her every time, just do this first question. Don't worry about all that needs to happen between now and the finish line. Just get started. In the 20 minutes you've been sitting here, this is a total dad thing to say, in the 20 minutes you've been sitting here worrying about the whole thing, you could have been done with most of this first page by now, so I'll try to get her going. But getting her started is the tough part for her. Getting her started. Once she gets going, typically she does fine. If we get preoccupied with the finish line, with, God, with what God is asking us to do, if we have to have the whole thing mapped out, that feels overwhelming. I imagine these guys in Nehemiah, if they thought, look at every gate. It's not just the dung gate, but just the gates. Look at every gate. Look at every wall. Like, this is going to take a long time. If they were starting to think about how this was all get the finished product at the end, it would have been harder for them to get going, but they just started. If you are in debt, we have financial peace classes on Thursday night. Just practically speaking, one example. If you're in debt, you can spend your days overwhelmed by the total amount. Say, there's no way I can get rid of that. You can spend days thinking about, how in the world am I going to get to the finish line here? Or you can spend days thinking about the finish line, about how great life is going to be once it's done. All those things, if you get preoccupied with the finish line, it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. But what you should do instead is to just find that first debt, that first small one, and just start paying that off. Take a step. 
Take a step. Start the process. Don't worry about the totality of the project. Just start the process. It's impossible for us to predict when God is asking us to do something big where he is going to take this journey we're on. It would have been impossible for Nehemiah to realize all the journeys that God was going to lead them through in this project. But they just started. They just started. So I want to talk to you first as we close in a couple of minutes about your life personally. Your life personally. What is God wanting to work on in you personally? What's that area of your life that you know God wants to rebuild? That hurt that he wants to bring healing to? That thing that you refuse to let go of that he wants to bring healing and freedom of? Whatever it is, what is he asking you to do? What is he asking you to change? What is he asking you to rebuild or to make different in your life? And I'm going to ask the question, the very simple question today. What is stopping you from doing this? What's stopping you? Does it need to be done? You can ask yourself, does this need to be done? Yes, it does. Will your life be way better once it's done? Yes, it will. So what is stopping you? Is God going to be with you through this? Is God going to be with you like the king was to Nehemiah where he says, not only am I sending you, but I'm going to provide for you and I'm going to protect you. Our same God is doing that with us. I'm calling you to do this, but I'm going to be with you the whole time. I'm going to be providing for you and protecting you the whole time. This journey will have its ups and downs, but I'm going to be with you the entire time. So what is stopping you from beginning? I encourage you, just start doing the work. Just start doing the work. Do the hard things. Do the difficult things. Take that first step. You don't have to worry about 10 steps down the road. Take the first step. Take the first step to get out of debt. The first step to fix your marriage, to make a change and prioritize your kids or your family. Students, take the first step and just work hard with your next project at school. Just do the hard work. Don't worry about all that needs to be done between now and graduation. Just take the next thing and do your best. Do what God is calling you to do. Work hard. Work hard. Take that step. Begin the process and work hard. Don't disqualify yourself by saying it can't be done. I can't do it. It might not work. What will people think? What happens if I fail? Don't worry about those things. Be like a Nehemiah that says, here's what God has called me to do. Let's begin. Let's start the work. Let's start the work. Second, I want to ask you in terms of our community. So I asked you first about your own personal life. What about our community? And our community could be this church community. Our community is Farmington or whatever community you live in. Your neighborhood, your school if you are a student, your uh, neighbors on your street, your place of work, your coworkers. Let's consider those things when I talk about community. Your community, your world, where you live your life. I want to ask you the same thing. What needs to be done there? What is God calling you to do to bring healing to bring life, to bring the love of Jesus there? What need is there that you could meet? I love when Nehemiah, at the beginning of the scripture we read today, he was simply just walking around the city. He was simply just observing. He was opening his eyes to the task that needed to be done. He was opening his eyes to what needed to be done. So with your workplace, your school, your community, our city, your neighborhood, when you walk around, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see that needs to be done with your coworkers, your neighbors, business owners in Farmington, city officials? What do you see? Sometimes we get so 
self-focused that we go through our life and we're only thinking about ourselves. And what Nehemiah did and what we need to do is just start looking around. Just start observing. What's Farmington like? What's my workplace like? Our school, what state is our school in right now? What needs to be done? Sometimes all we need for God to speak to us is to simply open our eyes to the world around us, to open our eyes to the community around us. So, Farmington, what do we see when we look around? When you walk around Farmington, when you're in your neighborhood, what do you see? I see people who are hurting, right? I see people who are hurting. I see people who don't know what to do financially. I see people who don't know what to do parenting their kids. I see marriages that are struggling. I see people who are lost, who are spiritually lost. I see people that need to know that there is a Savior, the reality is, without Jesus, without the mercy of Jesus Christ, I see people who are lost and going to hell if we don't do something. I see people who are lost without Jesus Christ. We have a broken city. We have a broken city in so many ways. It's not as tangible as what Nehemiah did where we can look and the, and the actual walls have fallen down. We don't have city walls in Farmington. But the state of our city being broken can be seen. We have people who are in need. We have people who are broken, lost. We have, we've been talking about this week, we did a series, our previous series, we were talking about depression and anxiety. We have a stronghold of anxiety in this community. There's something about it where our young people, our, not just young people, our grown-ups, we are facing so many people who are just fearful and anxious and face this battle of anxiety. This is the state we are in. We have people who are in need, who are lost, who are broken, who are hurting. And this is the state our city is in, and this is why we are here. We are the Nehemiah. We are the Nehemiahs that God has said, I have you here for a purpose. I have a work I want you to do in your family, in your community, in your city, in your workplace. And like Nehemiah, we have a king. We have a God who says, go. Go, start, begin. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you the entire time. I'm going to provide for you when you need it. I'm going to protect you when you need it. At difficult times where it all seems hopeless, I'm still going to be there with you. Don't worry about how it's going to end, but just start. Start the work. Do the first step that God is asking you to do. Do the first thing that God is asking you to do. And I want you to think about if we all, just as Homestead Church, God is an individual God where he will put different burdens, different hopes, dreams, different assignments for each of us, different things that we are passionate about, different needs that we want to do something about in each of us. So just think about what that would be if all of us, and this isn't a huge group of people, but if each of us just simply said, God, I know you're calling me to do this. And whether it's a work that you want to do in me or a work that you want to do through me in my community, what would happen if we all just said, we're going to start? First step, let's do it. Whatever, pick up the phone, make the appointment, start the thing, do the whatever. Make, take that first step. It would make a difference in our community. It would change our community, not just Farmington, but the surrounding communities. This is what the local church is, where people in it, like Nehemiah, say, I'm not here to just sit in a pew. I don't want to just come and, and check off church off the list. But, God, you have me in my community for a reason. And if every church with every person said, God, where you have me, I'm going to be a part of your rebuilding, we would transform our communities, our cities, our nation. This is how the gospel is going to transform our country, right? This is how it's going 
going to work. When each of us get the heart of Nehemiah and we say, God, I want to be a part of what you want to do in me and through me. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together as we close today. Let's bow our heads, and we're just going to close in prayer. But I wanted to just do this, just kind of a moment of commitment. And it's just a simple thing. As we have our eyes closed here, I just want you to think about for a moment, God, what are you wanting me to do? What is there in our community? What need do I see when I walk around my workplace or my neighborhood or my community? What is there that I see? What areas of our city are broken that you want me to do something about? God, speak to us today. We are your church. We are your people. We are your hands and feet that are going to go and meet needs, tangible needs in our community. So, Lord, put that burden in each of us, that call in each of us, that passion in each of us. And I'd like to do this this morning. If you're comfortable with this, just as a sign of commitment, just raise up a hand. Say, God, I'm in. I want to do it. Just raise up a hand to God. Say, God, if you need me to do something where you need me to go, I'm in. Just make that commitment to God. Whatever you need, God, I will trust you, and I will begin. I'm not going to waste time thinking about it, doubting it, questioning it, waiting for it. But, God, we want to get, we want to get started. We want to begin. We want to begin. And we know that you're going to be with us, protect us, provide for us. And, Lord, we are excited to see the change that you are going to make in us, in our families, and in our communities. We're excited to see it. And we want to be a part of it. We're so grateful that you invite us into the process. We commit ourselves to you. We recommit ourselves to your work. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen.